millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm Josh, joined today by Ben Roy Turner. Happy Monday, everyone. Not Scott Tailford, as you've probably noticed no. by Ben Roy's lovely tones coming through the microphone right now. That's because Scott's birthday was at the weekend and he's had a nice long weekend. So if you want to go over and wish him a happy birthday, go to his Twitter. I can't remember what it is, but you can probably find it out if you search Scott Tailford. Hope he's had a lovely time. But instead of him being here, I've drafted in my good friend to talk about Dead Space because there's a lot of things going on in the world of Dead Space. Obviously, it was announced at the EA Play last week that okay. there is a remake in the work from EA Motive. It's a complete um, redo of the original game, you know, redone from the ground up. It's not just a remaster like the Mass Effect trilogy was recently. This is, you know, more akin to the Resident Evil 2 remake, the Resident Evil M3 remakes. And essentially, we're going to talk about some of the new details have been revealed our opinions on remakes in general our opinions on the previous dead space um, games our opinions on visceral games yeah it's a nice big bag of stuff nice big bag of sweeties i think you could argue but benroy before we jump into that into the minutiae of it i just kind of want to know yes. because i actually didn't ask you properly before we jumped on this call what do you think of dead space generally I've got a weird relationship with this franchise because um, I tried to play one. If, you, if anyone wants to be crazy and look at my achievements, you'll see that I didn't make it through one because I was a bit too scared. So what I did is I watched it and watched a friend play it because I was just, I don't know what I can say. I was just frightened. I was, I was a little child, even though I wasn't. I think I was even a drinking age at that point. Um, then Dead Space 2, loved it, smashed it out. It was like, you know, starting university, just play whatever you want all the time. Dead Space 2 is fantastic. One of my favorite games up there, my top 100. Dead Space 3, Dead Space 3 edit. I hate Dead Space 3 with every fiber of my being, <laughs> and it is one of the worst pieces of trash I've ever played, and I never want to experience something that garbage again in my life. Did you play, before we jump into the good stuff, Dead Space 3 with a friend, or did you go through it solo? I played it with a friend last year in 2020, oh. the, the year of our Lord, uh, COVID-19. Uh, and um, the reason why I played this is because we go through fine games to play and, you know, just go go for everything. And it was on Game Pass via EA Play because that all got merged together in one big behemoth, like, just take every game ever for free, please. <laughs> and once we got it to work, because... Because remember Project Ten Dollar when they're like, "Oh, EA, if you want to play another game, maybe you've borrowed it or anything, you've got to pay ten pounds per line." Well, on the EA Play, you have to go through the convoluted thing of finding the pass, downloading it, making it merge with the thing you've got downloaded through Game Pass. That that should have been an indication of how uh, 
I can't even swear, can I? That should be an indication <laughs> of how crap that thing is. And from there, I hated it. Playing it with a friend was rubbish. Playing it alone would probably be even more rubbish. And it's it's horrible. I love that. What was behind the actual sort of season, not season pass, but, you know, online pass? Was it literally the online portion of the game? Or? It, it was, it's to play with a friend. So it's like oh, we, it we couldn't link up there. So it's like getting these four or five kilobytes to work, transition into this thing properly. And, you know, you're working on two different dashboards because it's like emulating the 360. But um, it was more, it's, for some reason, it's worked with other games, but Dead Space 3 was, gave us a hard time for quite a while. And it was like, oh, just remember when EA was trying to nick and down us in different ways. Totally. I mean, you know, I played Dead Space 3 very late and I didn't hate it as much as you, yeah. but I thought I was going to. I went into it, you know, expecting to absolutely loathe it after everything I'd heard about it, after everything I'd even seen about it. And I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think it's a good game, but I still managed so to get long. some decent things out of it. It is way too long. Like all of the optional stuff in there is quite interesting, but it drags it out. It's not a Dead Space game, I think, is at the end of the day. And while it doesn't yeah. have to be, it, it, it feels like it's not a Dead Space game because EA didn't want it to be a Dead Space game rather than because the creators didn't want it to be a Dead Space game. And it's just shooting people in it. It just it feels weird. And there's like um, it's the, a lot of missions have little screaming baby things, more than the original game where they just throw them at you and it's more of just a swarm shooter than like methodically like taking out a necromorph's leg and going around and doing something else. And they have their own version of um, basically Nemesis where this monster is invincible for a while. And I feel like they go on. I think everything in that game goes on far too long. If it was maybe half the length, I wouldn't hate it as much. But when you're going around and sometime, and, and now, right, in 2021, in 2020, it look, looks like garbage as well. So it's always it's so <laughs> unpleasant to look at as well as play sometimes and running out of ammo and things like it's built for two players, right? But you have sometimes there's not two capsules to go in and upgrade. So you've got to wait for your friend to upgrade and then they come out and you've got, and it just, it's so weird, man. It, it feels like it, I hate, I hate it. I'm sorry. I, I hope the people that worked on it have, are comfortable now and they work on other brilliant games, but don't make that ever again. I mostly agree with your criticisms there, but I think it's fortunate for us that this isn't even the game that's getting remade. It's the first yes. game that's getting remade, the good oh. one, the one that people actually like. Fortunately, EA didn't go, which one should we do again and decide on Dead Could Space 3? They decided on Dead Space 1. And, you know, I think the first teaser trailer, even though it very much was just a teaser trailer, um, has a lot of promise to it. You know, they confirmed that it's a next-gen exclusive, which is, you know, quite big. It's only coming to PC, Xbox Series X slash S and PS5. Like I said at the start, it's being rebuilt from the ground up. It is, of course, a brand new team, but I was, you know, um, looking at an interview that some of the executives, some of the developers did with um, IGN. It's really big extensive interview about how they're approaching the remake it's where most of the details are from here so definitely go check that out for the full thing i'll be picking out a few quotes from that to discuss some of the details but it seems like they have a lot of passion for it and i feel like with this with skate 4 with a bunch of other stuff that he is doing you know the proof will be in the pudding but it seems like they're trying to pivot away from the reputation they've had over the past few years and the reputation they had when they released dead space 3 to give something um that the fans actually want so i know i certainly popped for the first trailer and i guess you know going back to what you said about the first one being too scary to finish it's actually the one that i've only played dead space once back when it came out i think it came out in 2008 yeah. and 
it was such a big surprise for me at the time. I think it was for everyone. Like I didn't expect to be blown away like I was because at the time, especially, you know, not just EA, but the entire landscape generally, you know, when it came to horror games, when it came to survival horror games in particular, like that just wasn't in vogue. That's just not what people were making. And suddenly this came along and it was like, oh crap, this is like the next evolution in survival horror. I mean, I loved Resident Evil at the time, still love Resident Evil, but I felt like this was just doing things that that franchise wasn't doing. Even simple things like being able to move while shoot and obviously, you know, putting all of the hood elements that would potentially sometimes break away from the immersion, making all of those hood elements, making all of those UI elements in game and diegetic, you know, for instance, it was famous for putting the health on Isaac Clarke, the main character's back, for instance, you had your ammo on your gun every single time you held it up. So all of those things, I still think feel quite fresh now. I don't know if you're going to be your first sort of experience playing it. I know obviously you didn't finish it, but were you similarly blown away as a, as a Resident Evil fan as well? Because I think that's where we're both coming at yeah. this from this remake you know as a big fans that franchise obviously has had recent really well received remakes so we're kind of we're going to do a lot of this podcast comparing the two franchises inherently i think yeah i think so and yeah when resident evil wasn't being so really anything horry at the time it was more just run and gun uh all the way uh i Dead Space, every room filled me with dread in Dead Space. Every room, I was always worried that every vent was going to get me. I'm a massive fan of like, the Alien films as well. And the same way, every time I watch an Alien film, even though for the most part, I don't think a lot of them are scary anymore, but I'm always on the edge of my seat, like, oh, this is Xenomorph. Where's the Xenomorph? I just need to see them. And then with the Necromorphs, it was just like, you would kill these things and you would never, I don't think there was ever an enemy before that where you would, like, you could dismember them and they would come back the only thing i can think of are the um regenerators from resident evil 4 and they will still give me nightmares to this day and it felt like that but an entire game and a lot darker and a lot more serious and that just it got into me in some ways where i just couldn't do it and it's i, I feel like death space it hit the nail on the head of what survival horror could become and i still think there are certain parts of that game and even two that haven't really been built on since i love like theme, the themes it covers like the religious cults and everything like that and we have the evil corporations it's kind of got everything in the mix uh for a, a great survival horror i think totally i mean yeah you mentioned there you know dead space while it's a well-received set of games it does have that richness to the location has that richness to the story like it's been spun out into comic books into um you know animated proper movies into yeah. novels it's a proper you know big franchise and they essentially did with Dead Space what they did with Mass Effect, where they spun it out into this big multimedia thing. Just unfortunately, it didn't um, last quite so long. So yeah, I want to kind of jump into a bit of this interview and kind of talk about you know some of the things that are changing, some of the things that are keeping the same. The thing that's kind of doing the rounds at the moment is that they might... It's a bit unclear, but they might be adding some of the cut content that was originally supposed to be in the original Dead Space. They um, talked about how they got all of the assets. Again, this is in the IGN interview. Talked about how they got all of the assets from the original game that they're you know, remaking, rebuilding. And they were looking at some of the floor plans, for the floor plans for the levels and have identified kind of like key areas of um, you know, the game that weren't allowed to be kind of like brought to fruition or made with the resources at the time. So I, I think this is always quite a contentious thing when we go into a remake you know there are some people who who want the experience to be exactly as it was and there are other people who don't mind remixes story changes and um, character changes or in this case 
things being added on, things being grafted on that the, the developers might have intended initially, uh, but didn't get around to doing. I don't know where, where, where it, when it comes to you, Roy, like, do you have a kind of stance as to what you expect and what you don't like to see when a game you love has been remade? I think at this point, if we're calling it a remake, then you should always be expecting things to be changed with like a la Resident Evil uh, 2 and worse so 3 and um, the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Like, I feel like remake should be an indication that things are going to be tweaked, sometimes changed. Uh, and then if you if it's and if you don't want anything changed, it it should come under the moniker of re um remaster in that sort of mm. sense. Like I'm a bit conf- like it's a bit confusing that the EA didn't go for the easy route here. I'm still I'm still skeptical they didn't just go here's the remastered trilogy. Uh, by the way, now it works. I mean it's already playable on, on all the Xbox systems, but because you know the <laughs> the fawn in the side of which is called the ps3 and it's self-processor you're never going to play them <laughs> games on a ps5 anytime soon sort of thing but i i'm here for tweaks and changes because i feel like what capcom have done mostly with their remakes it's worked really well and again uh fun fantasy 7 i think is one of the, the best games to come out in like the past well the best rpgs i'll say to come out in the past like decade or so that's really brought me back in so i don't know how you think about that one there no i, I totally agree you know if something's been remade especially by a new team but even if it's like by the original team i feel like they should have some license to put their own spin on it obviously stick hopefully to what made the original so beloved in the first place but you know come in with new ideas or a new perspective on what people made you know well over a decade ago this was like 2008 obviously in production well before then we're talking like 15 years plus you know we've learned a lot about video game design within that time and a lot of those lessons can hopefully be put um, into this like you know in a good way i think that's fine especially like you said i think is an important kind of clarifier to what i just said and that's when the original games are accessible because like you said like the original dead space trilogy like on game pass or whatever like you can pick them up easier than you can i think um some other titles like yeah. metal gear solid one for instance that's really difficult to get unless you've got a playstation one and you can track down an original well, that playstation mini thing that, that's how i played yes it. that's how i last played that game was on that <laughs> me mini too thing. me too like that that's that's how inaccessible a lot of those ps1 games are you have to go out and buy a playstation mini for the most convenient way to play it but yeah i think i feel like when something is you know around something can be accessed quite easily you don't necessarily even want uh, kind of just a, a remake to just retread what was already there so i'm here for them kind of like you know in subtle ways adding new things whether this is the cook content or what you know they are they also talk later on about wanting to quote unquote improve the story and they were um very insistent that they don't mean kind of redo the story they don't mean that they were looking at the original story obviously of isaac clark kind of like being on this ship and discovering all of the necromorphs and stuff and they don't they didn't they said that you know they didn't want to improve it because it was bad it was because they wanted to add references and Mm -hmm. they wanted to connect it to what was explored in later games and in the wider multimedia stuff like i said you know add those connections and i think i think that's always smart to do you know to make the franchise feel more cohesive add in those easter eggs for you know other players i think resi 2 did that to an extent like not massively but i'm pretty sure it added in some stuff like that i could be mistaken uh, the remake at the very end, like before Resident Evil 3 remake came out, there was you could hear Nemesis at some point, I think. But right. for um for the most part, they 
they that that game was more course correcting to make it in more and more and more in line with everything else that had happened because like when Resident Evil 2 came out, obviously the we didn't have like this like hundreds of more Resident Evil games coming out sort of thing but it's always the problem with the first game in the series where like or the first film in the series or anything where uh you might want to do a franchise or a thing or a, a series a thing what's a thing but um if it doesn't make the money first time around it ain't gonna get greenlit even though like EA probably greenlit this as a series and as free games like they like they did with um, Mass Effect uh, they you still had to be sort of careful, but now that we know that Dead Space has existed uh, in that sort of perpetuity and, and it has had more games, and then the sin, which is Dead Space Free, like you can sort of like start to throw them in there and drop bits in, which I really am looking forward to as well. And also the ship, I can't remember its name, but I feel like you could have more fun with that because unlike say a Resident Evil uh, two or three, where I feel like the RPD is such an established location and the map's really tight. But with a ship, like it's so massive. I don't think you, obviously you never went to half of it. You was always like sort of yeah. being funneled in a certain direction. So you, it's so easy to be like, well, now this door here opens or now you've got to go through that sort of uh, crawl space instead sort of thing and make it a bit, feel a bit, feel a bit more wider, even like, you could even segment it off in ways that like Alien Isolation did. I'm just trying to and pull it all in there. And also now I'm just thinking how like gorgeous this thing can look with how far we've come with graphics since then. I feel like I, I did jab them for saying they didn't look as good earlier, but they still, they don't look terrible, but I they're just like uh, steam and smoke billowing up from my vents. I can't imagine how great that's going to be. Totally. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, I want to put all my cards on the table. I love the fact that it's a next gen exclusive. I love the fact that yes. in this interview, they're talking about all of the benefits of those, you know, next gen stuff. They talked about the graphics, how they can, you know, use the lighting, use the smoke, like you mentioned, to create, to not create the atmosphere, but to ex- exaggerate and make it double down on what was already there you know you talk about the yeah, the the ship it's the uh ishimura i'm pretty sure it's called the ishimura, ishimura yeah, that's the initials it, yeah. it's like us usg ishimura something like that it's definitely the ishimura anyway yeah like you said you know this thing a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com before we go any further i want to talk to you about today's sponsor masterclass With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It works like, you know, a classic survival horror setting where, you know, you're going through these corridors, you're connecting to different parts of the ship, you're backtracking sometimes to go to places you've already been and you're kind of mastering the location as much as you are mastering the combat. And I think that's an essential ingredient to the um, survival horror games that I love, you know, whether it's the mansion in Resi um, 1, whether it's the police station in Resi 2, whether it's um, the castle in Resident Evil 4, you know what I mean? The mastery of the environment is so important to the gameplay loop. And, and Ben Roy is so impressed. I think he might sneeze. No one can see this, but I'm not sure. Oh, no, I was just sort of like winding up, trying to like silently, <laughs> like, like, you know, that I'm getting ready to like jump in there. Uh, super podcast mode. But like you mentioned Resident Evil 1 remake. They added more bits onto the mansion. They added a whole extra yeah. segment outside. They added bits to that game. And only none of that, what they added, made it worse. It made it all better. And just thinking of that, like the mansion is such an iconic location. And people probably have forgotten what it was or how it was before that remake and how there wasn't certain doors here and there or like you couldn't go through the painting in the main room and there wasn't any underground sort of bit in the cemetery where you first find that crimson head sort of thing. And that's an example of like, they literally improved that game by adding more bits to it. So uh, you can eat like, I feel like you can easily do that tenfold of a spaceship because that it just it's, it just makes more sense to have it more wide sprawling and you can just do whatever you want with it. Totally. I mean, they mentioned, uh, you know, one thing that they definitely were trying to um, improve on um, because they, you know, they mentioned in the interview how respectful they should be to the original game when Dead Space 2 and 3 exist and took a lot of those elements and improved on them, you know, like it's not yeah. that they kind of did away with it, like they literally improved on things like the zero gravity elements, like the um, abilities that Isaac has to, you know, use his kind of like telekinesis powers and stuff. And I feel like we've seen in other remasters as well as remakes, like you said, whether it's Resident Evil 1, whether it's even like the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater um, remakes that were out like last year, like that 
it was a remake of the first two games, but it incorporated mechanics from the third and fourth that people had become to had, had associate with the series. And it sounds like they're going to start doing stuff like that with the zero G things, going to tighten them, those areas up, which were always like quite spectacular in the first game. I love zero G in any game when it's done right. I love it in Prey. I was about you know, to say Prey, yeah. Yeah, one of our favorite games when you're out the side of the ship, you know, you're in space, you're trying to move around. And that was very much, um, you know, inspired by Dead Space 1, but especially Dead Space 2, which kind of took those zero-G sequences and kind of really blew them out and was a much more confident um, showcase of them, I thought. So I'm really pleased that the kind of like using Dead Space 2 zero-G things as a blueprint to include what was there originally. You know, you mentioned, um, I can't remember when, a little while ago now, but the uh, the the combat in the game, yes. you know, with the... Uh, not the yeah the dismemberment you know that was so unique at the time and again not to just compare everything to Resident Evil but I feel like that was something um you know Resident Evil Two remake kind of like understood you know for so many years in Resident Evil games or just zombie games in general you know the idea was always to aim for the head and like Resident Evil often made that harder you know headshots didn't take people down in a, uh, one or two hits in Resident Evil Four you had to run up and suplex them and give them a super kick and stuff like that. But by the time we got to Resident Evil 2, it was very much like, yeah, you can try to headshot people. It'll do more damage. But also you have to think strategically, you know, is it good to headshot, put five rounds into someone's head when you can put three rounds into their leg and kind of run around? There was a bit more strategy to it. And I think that was something that Dead Space obviously pioneered with its dismembering abilities. You know, you weren't just going for the headshots all the time. You had to kind of like think on your feet. You had to like take off things' arms. You could use your telekinesis to then launch those arms back into it to pin it to a wall. And it's kind of like that, that flow was so satisfying at the time. And I, I just hope they manage to bring across the same weightiness. You know, I like the way that Isaac Clark stomps on things. You know, it's like big and crunchy. And you can tell, yeah. and I think this is important, in the first game especially, that Isaac Clark is just like a dude. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like a miner who is adept at being in space and stuff, but he's not like a Marine. He's very much like a classic survival horror, um, you know, figure. In, in that sense. And in the second game and in the third game especially, he becomes more of an action hero. But I hope they kind of maintain the the recklessness of the way that he kind of like handled in the first game where it really felt like you were against all the odds. You had to think of your feet. You had to use this mining cutter to get rid of these limbs, you know, cut the and, limbs off as it says. And it's interesting because you don't really use, you could use, the, you could play the whole game without really using a gun, just using that cutter. And like that, that weapon was such a perfect way of like, oh my God, oh my God, take out a leg or take out an arm and just pick up something and throw at them. But also when you mentioned Isaac, like he wasn't really a character in the first one. He, I don't think he ever spoke, but you definitely no. didn't see his face. So I wonder if they're mm -hmm. going to adapt that. And because in Death Space 2, they fully went whole, whole hog and then he was a character and he had emotions and like things driving him more so than before. I think then just escaping. So I would like to have moments where you would see Isaac Clarke's like undoes his helmet for a second and just like takes someone like, oh, Oh damn! Oh damn! Oh damn! It's all like after a big moment and like maybe speaking to someone over a radio or something like that. Like I think that that's the sort of thing in a remake like this where that can only improve it, right? Like, sure, we some protagonist isn't bad, but at the same no. time, over the years, like even you say, like I'm just because I like someone like who Master Chief who used to never speak at all and then now does like is all out there a bit more. I think sometimes there's room to let these characters have a bit more say in the story i would say 
I actually forgot about that. You, you, you're right. Like, I wonder if they do, even if it's just in little ways, like you said, you know, have him maybe muttering to, to himself now and again, or speaking yeah. in the few times he does encounter someone. Because, um, ah, yeah, I never ever thought about that. That would be. I'm really interested to see what they kind of do with that and if they change it, because you know, his kind of descent into madness is in the first game but it's definitely more pronounced in the second and third when you know you can actually vocalize it a bit more do like weird things with the marker as well and have the marker affect yeah. things and like really get into your brain and stuff, stuff like that like i think there's oh. scope for it there as well well i don't i don't think i don't think they'll do this at all and nor should they really have to but i remember like the, their original pitch for dead space 3 was essentially you know having your character hallucinate way more and yes. have you questioning what is real and what isn't you know a scrapped part of the multiplayer mode was having you know player one see things in hallways that player two wasn't and kind of like breed distrust so that madness has always been a part of it now yeah i hope you know using things like 3d audio that they shouted out they were able to do kind of more immersive things with that but speaking of immersion i want to just kind of quickly you know give love give love that's not it's not a phrase and um, shout out something that i love about dead space and what makes it so distinct in my mind and that's kind of like what i've briefly mentioned at the start and that's just how you know generally immersive it is the way it makes you feel like you're on the ship with isaac you know like i said the the health in the back of the suit the uh the way you have to bring up your item list in game you know it's it's like this kind of hologram that you bring out to move around your weapons yeah. and stuff they've talked about um how they're going to use the ssd to kind of like double down on that. They um, confirmed that there's not going to be any loading. They said that they're never going to kind of like cut away. You're going to be playing it God of War style in not necessarily one take, but you're not going to be, you know, crawling through some gaps. The experience. Yeah, you're, probably, you're hopefully not <laughs> crawling through any gaps. But the idea is like they're going to take the immersion that was there and just be like, nah, you're going to be in this all the time and you're never going to break away. And I, I, I love that. Like, that's exactly what I want, especially from Dead Space, especially with, which has this, you know, iconic UI design. I want to be in it at all times and I don't want it to give me a break at any point. Yeah, unlike, uh, the again, we're going to go back to the Resident Evils because whatever but like there's no say like the say there's no real idea of a safe room that i remember of in dead space it was all like and it because again the ishimura is just so such an unfamiliar place and you're discovering like this horrendous stuff that's going on whether it be like with the necromorphs or whoever was left on this sort of thing and it it's imagine like being even locked in and i imagine if this was like vr that'd be just hell i would i'd probably say but being locked into these sort of games they they either like really pull you in or like sometimes like me back in the day they just make you want to run away and give up and now i feel like <laughs> now i'm a, i've seen many scary things in all the games and now i think i can't wait to jump into this and be locked into that survival horror and just have encounter after encounter really um f me up you know, I want to. All, all this conversation has been has been jumping back to things that you previously said and trying to spin off points from them. But I, yeah. I want to make sure I give everything you've said just do everything you've said justice there, right? Because you made a lot of good points. But you mentioned the Resi Three thing. You know, when you can like briefly hear Nemesis at the end of two and how they yeah. kind of like set three up a bit more directly because they knew they were going to make it. And obviously, when they were making Dead Space One, they hoped for a franchise, but it wasn't you know set in stone. Do you think that? If this will, obviously, when this comes out, if it's a success, do you think it's going to be followed up by an original game? Or do you think we're going to get a remake for Dead Space 2? Uh, I think you remake Dead Space 2 and then you 
try and do anything but remake Dead Space 3. Because <laughs> I, I, Dead Space 2 is still my favorite in the series. I, I just loved Dead Space 2. I think it added just a bit more onto that, made it more of a all-in-all, all, like, really sort of, like, intense. I, I guess it's more of an action horror experience, that one. But, yeah, um, totally. It totally. I think it was more my Janon, but if they if they if the first like say half or a quarter or further, this is like super slow horror where you find out what's actually going on. You get like one or two necromorphs bouncing out of a uh, a trapdoor, pretty much. Then I'm here for that. But I think you definitely should do Dead Space Two because I think there's an excellent game afterwards. And if you do Dead Space Three, please just please don't do it like it was, please. <laughs> I agree, man. Like as much as I love Dead Space um, One, like I said, I'm I'm not actually played it since it originally came out. You know, obviously I've brushed up on it since then. But Dead Space Two, like that was always the one for me. Like that's the one I've played multiple times. That's the one that I just thought, you know, took what Dead Space One did and kind of like pushed it to the next level. Yeah, it's not as pure survival horror. It's very much the Resi Four to Dead Space One's Resi One. You know what I mean? To continue yeah. this um, constant comparison. But for me, that's what I loved. You know, it 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 very much is. And everyone always says this, but it's like the alien to the aliens of like that entire franchise. You know, it just kind of like does the James Cameron thing. It's like, look, we're gonna go absolutely hog wild with this we're going to go absolutely mad with it we're going to scale everything up to the next level do these michael bay-esque set pieces and have a good time so i would hope that they remake the that as well great thing about Dead space 2 is more so than one that it went to fam- like more familiar areas and then like going through daycare centers and he's like oh yeah. god yeah this happens to innocent families and children as well as just people working on a mining ship out in the middle of nowhere and then uh, only in like say the anime films and then the uh, books and the comic and the first person shooter light gun things you just see more and more of how like normal people pull into this and the cult like nature of the marker and what it does to you and i just i hope they, i hope that they with all that knowledge in front of them they they throw that into these games and weave it more in and like sort of build up more to a, a greater climax i'd say yeah, totally. I would love to see that. But, you know, I, before we wrap up this podcast, I do kind of want to want to jump off that as well, because for as much as I'm looking forward to this, and I am looking forward to it, like I said, I popped mad when the uh, trailer yeah. kind of dropped. And as much as I would eat up a remake of Dead Space 2, I can't help but have this maybe bitterness in the back of my head that this is all happening after EA shut down visceral games you know like we can't obviously continue to shout about a company um for things they did years and years ago but it does suck that obviously visceral did such a good job making this franchise establishing it getting people interested in it in the first place and you know this is not a knock on motive or anything i'm sure they're going to do a good job but it just it sucks that you know Against all of the odds, they made this EA franchise that was horror-based, that, you know, was lavish, that was really polished, that people loved. And then obviously that was systematically like dismantled by um, Dead Space 3. Then they were put on Battlefield Hardline. Then they started to make a Star Wars game. And then they were shut down. And now Dead Space is back and EA gets all of the praise for kind of um, bringing back a beloved franchise. But at the same time, the people who really made that uh, have moved on to other things. Obviously, you know, you know they're going to do something with the brand. They're not going to just not do it because um, the the people aren't there anymore. But even though it happened like five years ago, if not longer, it still feels like a fresh wound, at least to me. I loved Visceral Games so much, and that stung seeing them get shut down, and it still stings now a little bit. 
Yeah, and it, it also coinciding with what like the weird stuff that's happening around Star Wars at the time and how that sort of like lost its way for a bit, and you just wasn't sure what was going on. And EA then just basically became I can't remember what they were just like FIFA and uh, even Battlefront, Battlefield, sorry, in front were all going up the wall and. I feel like they're course correcting in a way, even though there are still like murky things going on around there. And some people will always shout at EA forever about what they do. Like, I mean, it's fair enough, like fight your fight if you want to, but I, I'm interested in seeing this new Dead Space. I mean, like also it's called Dead Space. Dead Space is just a great name for anything. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine owning that name, Dead Space. It just <laughs> does, like, it does what it says on the tin as the guy is saying it, uh, and then he gets eaten by a necromorph sort of thing. And we get all, we're also getting the Callista protocol at the same time. So we're getting yes. these, we're getting two dives into this and I just can't wait to see from them both. And I feel like it's going to be a battle to see which one's darker because the Callisto protocol seemed to be grim as hell from that little mini trailer. And also as someone who like plays PUBG constantly, will be playing PUBG soon as this podcast is finished. Um, <laughs> Like they're trying to delve into the lore and make it a lot more darker at the moment. So I'm just excited to see what comes out of that as well. Yeah, it's fascinating. That like that, that Callisto Protocol, did I get that right? Yeah. I always got to call it Project. It sounds like an ice um, cream almost, the Calypso Protocol. <laughs> the Calypso Protocol. Um, yeah, like you said, obviously, you know, that's the, the next game from some of the people who worked on Dead Space. Very horror-based. I always forget that that's a spin-off to like PUBG yeah. like, in the law. Like that's mad. I'm, I'm interested to see how that works. You know, I've played like one game of PUBG my entire life. So I'm fascinated about the law and what's going on. But yeah, like you said, you know, we've got these two really interesting horror games on the horizon and hopefully we'll find out more about dead space and um, especially in the next few weeks and months like i said shout out to that ign interview where you know most of these Thank details you, were gathered go and have a read of that it's really really fascinating if you like this but yeah also this isn't a youtube video i was going to say let us know down in the comments but in lieu of that could you let us know in mentions on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Josh Broom with two O's. You can find my co-host for today, Ben Roy Turner, on Twitter at at Ben Roy Turner, where we'll usually be talking about things including Dead Space. But until mm. then, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. You can find us on all podcasts, including the ones you're listening to right now: Acast, Spotify, all that jazz. And we will see you soon. Goodbye. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Oh, it's beautiful until it's horrific, isn't it? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.